Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and in this podcast, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's most innovative food brands to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Food Stories podcast. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. And today on the show, I have best friends and business partners, Brooke Sheehan and Rima Abdicator. They are the awesome team behind an app called Cup O Sugar, which is a convenient place for neighbors to connect over food ingredients. I have to say that I am absolutely in love with the concept of this platform and Rima and Brooke and I talk a lot about food being this great connector of people and communities and I think this is a really relevant conversation for where we are right now in our country. Obviously I know it's going to take a lot more to fix a lot of the problems that are wrong right now but I think that it's a great display of how food can start conversations with people of different beliefs and different backgrounds but who happen to share the same community so I'm really excited for all of you to learn more about this app and how it got started and how you can participate connect more with your own neighbors through food and food sharing so without further ado here is my interview with Brooke and Rima. Brooke and Rima, welcome to the Better Food Stories podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank Thank you you for having us. I'm super excited to get a chance to talk with you both today um, about this great uh, business that you both are working on together. So why don't we jump in and you can each introduce yourselves and tell our audience a little bit about what your business, Cup of Sugar, is all about. Sure. Um, I'm Brooke. I'm one of the co-founders. And Cup of Sugar is about connecting local communities or neighborhoods around sharing and requesting food ingredients. So this is not a concept that is, you know, brand new to a to a lot of our older generation. You know, they actually knew their neighbors, maybe would knock on the door, borrow an actual cup of sugar and so on. But nowadays, you know, we live in a world where everybody's connected with social media and Facebook and Instagram and, you know, which is all great, but people are are disconnected despite those connections through social media. And we're, we're really working on trying to bring that neighborly feel and that connection back using technology as an advantage. Um, you know, people have a lot of excess food in their house that might go bad and they might not be able to use it in time. And there's neighbors that could actually utilize that food in ways that maybe we can't. Um, And, you know, on the flip side, there's many times we might be experiencing a, what we call kitchen frustration, where maybe you're making something or baking and you realize you don't have a needed ingredient and you're just like frustrated and you have to either a run over to the grocery store and go get it again, spending a lot of time or, you know, having to omit the ingredient altogether. And so this is a solution to those kitchen frustrations and allowing people to really get to know their neighbors in a fun and engaging kind of way. I was very excited um, when you and I connected via email. I think that especially given the time that we're in right now, this is such 
a fantastic idea and way to, like you said, connect and meet your neighbors. I know personally, I live um, in South Florida. I live in a condo. Before, I think this whole COVID situation, I didn't really know a lot of my neighbors. And I think that that tends to be the case for a lot of people. And, and you kind of don't really think about why. You, you know who people are and pass each other maybe. But I feel like especially during this time, people are are being a little bit more friendly and helpful. So I think that this is a great way to connect with people as well. So both of you um, started this business together, your best friends, and you share a really sweet message on your About Us page about how the two of you met. Can you share that story and tell us how your friendship evolved into uh, starting a business together? Yes, so my name is Rima and I'm also a co-founder of Cup of Sugar. And uh, we started this business uh, a few years ago. Um, it actually, it started all in my kitchen. One, one night we were baking something and I was missing an ingredient. So I had texted a neighbor that I knew and requested a couple of eggs for, I was, I was baking a cake. And, you know, we went on with our baking and, and that was that. And a couple weeks later, Brooke had messaged me and was like, why is this not a business? Like, why is this not something that's available? We should turn it into an app. And I was, you know, I was on board and that's kind of how it all started. Prior to that, we were best friends for like six years yeah. at the time. And our kids were growing up together and we just, you know, we had this really solid relationship. So going into business was was really, uh, you know, was, was really, it really added to our friendship. You know, we had a really good foundation to build on and, you know, and here we are right now. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit more about, um, how the app is doing now? Like, is there any big differences from the time launched to now? Where are most of your users located? Do you, are you finding that they're in bigger cities? Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So this is Brooke. Uh, prior to uh, COVID-19, we were focusing a lot more on the apartment communities and people who mm -hmm. lived in very, like what you said, in condos and that kind of stuff, like hyper-local communities. And we established ourselves in 25 different communities up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, but since the advent of everything that's happening in the world today, we've since expanded our offerings to really include more like suburban areas and, and housing associations and different, you know, communities so that everybody could benefit from this. Because not only now are we seeing, you know, issues where grocery stores are getting, you know, depleted of all of their ingredients, you know, to a certain extent of some items, as well as, you know, um, you know, people just being fearful to go outside and get their typical groceries. So we um, have changed kind of like the way that we've been doing things and since both of us now um, are in San Diego I actually was in San Francisco for four years that's how we have built a strong community up there but since we're both in San Diego we've noticed you know a lot more people down here in this area utilizing it and working on expanding into other communities across the nation um, through the work of some brand ambassadors and other people who are committed to our vision. And are you finding that it's more of right now a need for finding these types of, you know, ingredients because the grocery stores are, you know, depleted? Or do you think that people are searching for connections right now because we are 
um, you know, sheltering in place and being isolated and they kind of want to at least in some way connect with the people around them? Or do you think it's a combination of both? That's a great question. I, I believe that's a combination of both. I think initially when everything went into play, you know, uh, mid-March and it was like everybody, you know, sheltering in place and everybody started doing all of this like crazy bulk buying, you know, swiping things off the shelf, like really kind of hoarding. Um, mm-hmm. It became a thing of just looking for something. And now we're kind of moving through the process where people are, you know, wanting that connection and feeling and and getting to actually know their community members. I know for me personally, like even taking a walk, you know, often, you know, I see neighbors smiling a lot more and waving and being more friendly. It's like the the whole feeling of like, you know, we're in this and we're with, you know, we're here for each other um, is, is playing a big part in today's world right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I said, we've noticed such a change in our building. Um, you know, not that people were rude or anything like that before, right. but everyone sort of just to themselves, you know, would say hi if they passed you. But um, my husband and I were actually talking about this yesterday. Uh, a woman, um, they typically leave our packages in our mailroom um, downstairs. And a woman came and knocked on our door and she had brought our packages to our door for us. And we were like, wow, how nice of her. She didn't have to do that at all. Um, So we're just noticing that people, like you said, are smiling more and being a little bit more um, helpful and wanting to help. So I think this is a great way to do that, too, especially if you have resources that you want to share with others. Yes. Brooke, you describe yourself um, as an environmental activist who's passionate about social change um, Rima, on your bio, on your website, you also have a background in sociology and both of you are passionate about solving cultural issues. Uh, what do you think it is about food that is such a great connector for people? Well, um, we believe food is like, it's the center or like the fabric of connection, really. If you honestly think into every interaction, You know, I know the world is different right now, but even the interaction of like somebody graduating from high school or, you know, your first date or, you know, when you hang out with friends, a lot of times the question is like, where do you want to go for dinner? What coffee shop do you want to meet at? What breakfast brunch place should we go to? You know, do you want to come for dinner at my house? Food really is at the center of all of that. And, um, you know, it, it. We believe it is the bastard connector and it brings people together, even from different races, from different, you know, like backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, even like if somebody is, you know, happy, sad, whatever, there's always like food around that. Or if you want to like help somebody, you know, like you want to make sure they've eaten. So like she said, food is the master connector. Yeah. Especially right now, I think everybody's longing to you know, when it's safe, go back out and and share time and meals with each other. So we talked a little bit about how your business is sort of evolved through this situation that we're in. It's no secret that we're all navigating very stressful times. You know, people are worried about getting sick. People are worried about their jobs, lost their jobs. But on the positive side, um, I know I'm hearing, reading a lot of stories of people cooking more at home, we're consuming less, and even areas 
where there's been a significant decrease in pollution. Do you think that some of these new normals that we've adopted are here to stay? What are your thoughts? Um, I would, I definitely hope so. And I'd like to believe that it, that it is going to stay like this. I feel like we're more conscious of waste now. Um, even with like the simple things, you know, we don't, we're not throwing away. We're like, oh, we might need this. We might not be able to find it on the shelf tomorrow or, um, you know, just in general, we're, we're, we're being more friendly with neighbors. Like, I feel like this change needed to happen. Unfortunately, it had to happen like this, but we are seeing the value in our neighborhoods and our communities and, and the value of like not wasting food and all these resources. So, so yes, I definitely like to believe that this change is here to stay. Um, you know, with the pollution, you know, being decreased and whatnot, I feel like you know, this is, that's so amazing. You know, we, we definitely needed that. So, you know, hopefully there are going to be more changes in the future where, you know, we, we adapt these types of things to our, our new lifestyle. For anyone who might want to use your app as a way to, you know, either consume less or spend less time out of their homes buying, is anybody um, able to sign up right now? I know you mentioned certain markets that you were in, but say for me, I'm in South Florida can I go ahead and, and share the app with, with my neighbors and community to sort of build a, a community here? Yes, absolutely. Um, so currently, the app is only on the Apple platform. Okay. Um, we are actually working to build out on Android and get a web version up. Um, web version will be up prior to the Android version being out in the market, so at least gives those users a chance to be able to utilize, you know, the value of Cup of Sugar while their, you know, um, version is being built out. But um, they could go to, I I can link it here, uh, cupofsugarapp.com slash download and be able to download the app um, that way too. Great. And we can put that in the, all the episodes have show notes uh, attached to them. So I'm happy to, to include that link when okay. we post this episode. That's a great way to share amongst your friends and neighbors so that there'll be a community within your, your local area. I love that. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about both of your um, backgrounds. You are running this business together. Was entrepreneurship something that either of you or both of you always had in mind? Or what were you doing before the app? And talk to me about that. So I... Um... I did have a business prior to this. I, I still have it. I um, have a clothing line that I design and manufacture here out of um, San Diego. Um, so business was kind of all, always, you know, in the background. I grew up with a very business-oriented family. Um, and Brooke? Yeah, so, yeah. So business has all like, I didn't grow up in a family that was very, like, business savvy, like Rima, but I always had this passion and this, like understanding of business and kind of like would always kind of geek out quote unquote over you know company come up stories like I love the you know startup entrepreneur and then like kind of coming up into you know this big like corporation that's making massive impact in the world and so it's something I was always intrigued by but it was like something that I never really kind of followed um, suit on. There was a lot of personal things I felt like kind of held me back. And I went through a healing journey over the last 10 years. And through that healing journey, 
it led me into chiropractic. So ironically, prior to chiropractic, I was doing accounting and finance, and then I got into the human healing art, you know, and so I am a licensed chiropractor um, that is, you know, passionate about human connection. So through chiropractic, I'm able to connect people back to their innate healing, you know, immune system within themselves. And through Cup of Sugar, we help connect humans to other, you know, humans. And so um, there, we don't have a tech background. I think that is something interesting some people would find about us is that here we started a tech company with no tech background. And it just kind of, you know, when you have a passion and a drive for something, you figure out the the answers and you don't like obstacles come, but you don't let them stop you. And yeah, I think that, definitely. you know, like her and I, Rima and I both have very strong gifts in different areas. And, you know, where I am like the biggest, like, you know, oh my God, don't waste that. Oh, you know, we need to use the last three drops. And she's really, really big on getting to know her community and actually getting to know her neighbors prior to this, even, you know, the COVID-19, prior to Cup of Sugar existing. You know, the fact that she was able to text a neighbor for a couple eggs says something that she actually knew some neighbors in her apartment complex. I wouldn't have been able to say the same thing, you know. And that is a good segue into my next question. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast are food entrepreneurs themselves so they're interested in building a brand in their food space so we have um, whether they have a product or um, they're a food content creator so maybe they have a blog or a youtube channel around the idea of food what's your advice to someone starting out right now um it sounds really cliche but i would say to just start and by just starting, what that looked like for us was writing down everything that was in our mind at that time, whatever that is. You know, you have ideas of what something is going to look like, write it down. You know, it might be really big and audacious and you might not get to that right from the beginning, but write it down. Because what happens is everything seems really overwhelming at first. You know, you you think, you know, you have a product food line that you want to start. Maybe it's a new snack product or, or something, right? And it just seems so overwhelming. You don't know how to get distribution. You don't know how to get like labels on the packaging and so on. And it, it really starts with taking the first action by just brain dumping everything onto a sheet of paper and then looking at that and then taking small actionable steps every single day, whether that's doing research into, you know, like naming a company or starting a corporation or, or whatnot, you know, the, the tiny little micro steps that lead to major steps down the road. And I would also add, don't ever undervalue the power of relationships because you have no idea the type of people in your own personal network that may know people that can get you where you are. Um, a lot of times, you know, in the very initial beginning, we we were looking for a development team to help us build out this app, and we didn't know anybody personally that did it. But we did. We made a post on our Facebook page, um, you know, asking somebody, you know, or asking our audience, "Hey, does anybody know any developers?" And you'd be shocked to hear like all the responses we got back. Or, "Hey, I can connect you to so and so," and this, this, this. So. So use the power of your network as well. That's a, that's a key thing. Definitely, yeah. 
for us, like having three years ago, having a live functioning app was, was so far fetched. The yeah. idea of it was like, we couldn't even comprehend it. And like she said, we just kind of took, you know, one step at a time, you know, until we got to where we're at right now. You know, like even if you think about it, like getting a degree, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years to get to like, you know, you starting out into becoming like a doctor. It takes years. So like a business would naturally take, you know, a, an amount of time to get to where you want to be. So, yeah. You know, I love the advice of just starting such a simple idea but it it makes such an impact once you just do something is so much more valuable just trying something out and making mistakes rather than it just living in your in your mind where it's not you know making any kind of impact and also I do agree with that too using your network I think sometimes we get almost afraid you know to put ourselves out there like you said putting a post on Facebook saying like hey this is what I'm doing um I need help with this I feel like sometimes we get a little bit maybe embarrassed or nervous that people are going to reject us, but such great advice. There's so many people out there who are, you know, excited to help. Absolutely. I agree with you. You know, it, it is scary and it was very scary. Like I remember even when we started the Facebook page for cup of sugar and like the feeling of clicking invite to invite our friends to like it was so like, it wanted me, it made me want to vomit. And yeah, You know, and it is very scary to put yourself out there and and feel those feelings of like being rejected. But I want to challenge or I want like to to help people think other ways, because like something that's really helped me um, really overcome that has been, you know, the, the thought of like people thinking like, well, what if I fail? And it's like if you change the question around to but what if I succeed? Mm-hmm. You know, how much more would you be willing to do with those thoughts in your mind? What if I succeed versus letting yourself get held back by the what if I fail question? Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I can totally relate, even just when I first had the idea of launching this podcast to put out the first episode and like just tell my friends, you know, oh, this is what I'm doing. Go listen. Like I was so, so nervous that people were going to be like, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) No, who do you think you are putting this out there? Um, But no, the the response was great. And I've met many fantastic people and connected with people in the industry. So I think the initial, it's like that jump, right? That initial click and post is is what's scary, but yeah. Kudos to you, girl. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you (laughs) so much. But it's been a great, great experience. It's connected me with wonderful people who are doing great things like both of you. So I've had such a great time so far doing it. That's great. Love that. That's amazing. Well, I'm so happy to have gotten to know both of you um, and a little bit about your app and what you're doing are there any plans for, you know, the coming months, the coming year? I know we're in a really um, uncertain time right now, but what are your plans for the next step for the app? Um, honestly, plans right now is just to continue to keep growing and to keep building the momentum and to get people utilizing it and building, you know, we, we our goal for success or our definition for success, I should say, is hearing those stories of 
of connection, of those people that actually get to know each other in the neighborhoods and the single mom that's able to like trust a like neighbor with her own kids, you know, and those kind of things, like having those amazing stories come out of connections made through this technology is what success looks like. So we're going to continue that path, continue to work on, you know, having those beautiful stories come out of it and seeing a reduction in the amount of food waste that is happening in the world and, you know, letting our environment heal and people, you know, have that sense of connection. I'm going to add to that. One of one of the running jokes we have between us is is the success story we want to hear about <laughs> is hearing that somebody got married because they <laughs> met off of cup of sugar. Oh, so <laughs> I love that. Hey, you that's, never know. It's very possible. Yeah, right? that's what we that's our running joke. We're like, "Oh, when somebody gets married off of it, we'll know that it was it was a success." So Right. I absolutely love that. And I could totally see that happening. There was even, I don't know if you both saw a story, I think it was out of New York, that somebody was flying a drone or something. And he met one of his neighbors flying a drone. She was her rooftop. And they started (laughs) talking. And like, I think, obviously, I don't think they're dating right now because of the social distancing thing. But I think they exchanged numbers and made a connection. They were like, holding across. I hear that story. Yeah. It was so, I think, beautiful and a little bit creepy, too, because the guy was <laughs> down, but, <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. but it was fun that they connected that way. So if that can happen, I think that you guys can definitely start a couple sugar romance here. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, before up, I always do fun closing questions with my guests. Are you both up for that? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's start with number one. What is the last movie or TV show that you watched? Um, so surprisingly, I have never watched The Princess Bride, and I just watched it the other day. Um, such an old movie, but it was actually pretty funny. Like, the humor they had back then, like, was, like, very similar to our type of humor now. So I, I enjoyed it. And I, the last... Wh- wasn't movie, but the last show I watched was Ozark on Netflix. And I, I'd have to admit that it's not something I typically would watch, but I've really gotten into. Number two, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Um, so for me, I think um, grape leaves. I'm Millie Stern, and I love grape leaves. Uh, I love sushi and probably mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I'd be good. <laughs> I, I'm on this asparagus or bacon wrapped asparagus kick right now. So that it was like actually the first thing that came to mind. Um, I love acai bowls. So probably would, you know, not, or I'd be totally okay eating an acai, acai bowl the rest of my life. And, um, probably eggs. I like eggs in all different forms, scrambled, poached, over easy, all of it. (laughs) Love it. I think they're all solid choices. I agree too with the the bacon. I think bacon wrapped anything is delicious. Bacon wrapped asparagus. Bacon wrapped dates. I am obsessed with too. Oh, I've oh, never yeah. had that. I gotta try that one. Thank you. Oh my god, so good. So <laughs> number three, where is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Okay, my favorite place was Norway. Um, I went there for three weeks. My grandma was born and raised. And 
it was just really great to see the country she grew up in and she knew the language. So we really got into all the different parts of the city outside of just the tourism spots. Yeah. And for me, it was Portugal. Um, we had went actually on a business trip, Brooke and I, and I think that was, it was such an amazing experience. I loved it. Beautiful. Portugal's having a moment too. I mean, right before all of this happened, I had a couple of friends who were planning trips there. So it's having a moment in the, in the spotlight. Yeah. It's a beautiful country. And number four, what's one thing most people would never guess about you? Okay. So for me, um, one of the things people wouldn't know is that I have a mild case of cerebral palsy and it affects the right side of my body. Um, but like I said, it is mild. So a lot of people don't necessarily notice it right off the bat. They just think I might walk a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little hop in my step when I walk. So nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. Um, for me, um, I come off as a little timid and unapproachable, but um, like realistically, I'm like super extroverted and fun and witty. So yeah, I, I yeah. come I come off in the beginning very differently than how I actually am. That's interesting. And for entrepreneurs, I think I hear so much of the opposite, right? That entrepreneurs come off as like super extroverted and a lot of them are actually really introverted and, and kind of introspective. Yeah. That's cool that you are extroverted and you are, you know, in fact, in certain situations. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing. It's like, I have to be comfortable with that person. So maybe <laughs> in actuality, I guess I am introverted. <laughs> I think it's called an am amnivert or am ambivert. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. You go both, both ways, but like primarily you're one or the other, but you can kind of fit the energy that's in the room. Yeah. Right. You like turn it on or change it up. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much. And once again, where can people learn more about Cup O Sugar? They can learn more at cuposugarapp.com. And that's C-U-P-O-S-U-G-A-R-A-P-P.com. And uh, that will actually also link them to the place where they can download the app. And, you know, if you have any questions you guys can reach out to us our email and contact information is on the website and you know share with your friends family and neighborhood and let's get this out so the more people know about it